Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Two Girls and a Mic. I would just like to point down that I am currently not in the supine position. La, <laughs> over to you. <laughs> All right, if we get any emails saying, what was wrong with um, Tessa? She sounded like she was lying down. They'll be lying. Would, Excuse mm. the pun. Right. right, so what are we talking about today? we got to talk about the virus, the germs. The, the virus, a.k.a. the Chinese virus, as um, Donald Trump keeps tweeting. That man needs a swift kick to the throat. Terrible. He's so feisty. Terrible. He keeps doing it. The Chinese virus. The Chinese virus. So we talk about Roro, yeah. number one. So then we we're going to talk about... Yeah, we've got to talk about it. Um, so let's just talk about over here and in regards to the government's response to it, Mr. Boris Johnson telling us that we need to be prepared for people that we love to basically kick the bucket. God forbid bad things. Yeah, that's that's his um, solution. Well, that was that was the UK's first um, response. Response. So their their response was to try out this thing called herd immunity. So they were just going to let us carry on with our little selves. So let's just see how far this virus stretches. That's exactly what it was going to yeah, be. It was almost it was al- it was almost going to be do nothing mm. and let us all. Um, or, or whoever gets it, gets it, and then eventually we would become immune to it. So that was a... And then they just worked out based on the figures, right. looking at other models, so looking at China, looking at what had happened in Italy, they then were able to say, well, this is how many people will be seriously ill, this is how many people will be critical. And, and, and then it appeared to me that only then did they realise... <laughs> this is no joke. <laughs> No, this ain't gonna work. Mm. It's gonna, you know, he can't. We can't. We can't do this. So then they moved strategy, and I think yesterday there was another um, daily address, or maybe day before yesterday there was another daily address, mm. and it was about right now, you need to stop, you need to stop socialising in self-isolate. you know large groups. No, the, I mean the self-isolate thing was always there because mm. self-isolate is if you have it or you have symptoms of it then you go into self-isolation. Or if someone in your family's got it, the whole family have to, quote-unquote, family isolate or self-isolate. But now it's social distancing mm. and um, businesses are being advised that they should shut down. Schools haven't yet shut down. Um, and that's causing its own kind of problems because... Businesses being advised to shut down and not ordered to shut down mean mm. that they can't make insurance claims, apparently. But because we've been advised to stop going to pubs, bars, theatre, and other um, social other um, kind places, of yeah, yeah, social places, those kinds of places are now laying off staff because their demand has gone right down. Mm. And that has knock-on effect for those people who, um, for some, it may be their only form of income, that kind of gig economy. Um, So it's going to have real, real, real ramifications for everyone. I mean, we're already um, feeling it. She says, trying not to touch her face. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're already already feeling the ramifications. And one of the questions I ask is that, do you think we could or should 
have been better prepared for this. In view of the fact that we saw how, okay, Ebola didn't really touch us mm. here in the UK too much, although I think there may have been um, I think there were a couple cases, of cases in Scotland nothing, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were but contained. watching how it affected other countries, understanding how things such as SARS, which I think is another corona virus mm. family group thing uh went around um countries of the world swine flu etc bird flu all the rest of it no, and, and we say these names mm. and they all come back to our collective memory so in view of all of those things happening do you think we the uk should have been better prepared absolutely like we keep like selling ourselves as the leading country on pretty much everything like you know mm. medical care education the law da, 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 this that and the third and if you travel a lot and if you go to other countries and you know you mentioned the fact that you're from the uk they have this idea of this this amazing great nation that seems to be you know just running amazingly well this and the third but nothing can be further from the from the truth and every time a, an emergency comes up you know, we seem to just fall flat on our face. Even things like, you know, when it snows every year and it gets really, really bad and transport comes to a halt and it's like, okay, so where's the salt? We don't have any salt. Why would you not have any salt? We, it's guaranteed to snow every year, but yet you never have anything. Um, the flooding that was happening in um, just a little while ago, um, I don't know, whereabouts was it? Kind of like mid middle Britain, mm. them areas there. Look at the response to that. People like lost their homes. Um, you know, they're looking to the government to, to sort things out. I don't even think Boris has actually even been to those areas that are affected. So all of these kind of disasters that keep happening and then this happens and I'm just sitting there looking at Boris like not expecting anything because this government tends not to cope too well when it comes to disasters mm. and over the last couple of years it's been horrendous so this is but is it the government or is it just is it the country is it us is i mean no it's the government this is mm. their, this is what we put them in power to do when yeah. things like this come come about it is your job to have a plan of action yeah. particularly for things that we know are definitely you know a probability that it's going to happen like i said the snow thing mm. is going to happen the flooding thing has been carrying on for a little while mm. you know you should have a plan of action i know that um oh in america i think um donald trump i think they were um basically having a go at him because apparently they have a team that deals with pan um, pandemics mm. he fired them he fired them all so these mm. are like boris and and donald between the two of them it's like it's almost like oh it's fine we don't really have a need for them because they know at the end of the day with the money and the protection that they have they're not going to be affected by any of this mm. it's poor poor artists like us that will be affected the most mm. so they can sit on their you know their soapbox and tell us self-isolate be prepared to lose your loved ones you know this kind of whatever this kind of nonsense no no biggie to them they just have to be kind of seen to be i guess giving advice and doing mm. doing things and really and truly not actually doing anything yeah i think i was a bit surprised at britain's uh, almost uh, is the word lackadaisical laid back yeah. laissez-faire really approach mm. to what was going on and so i just thought to myself well i can see via the news, via reading 
materials via conversations, via people in other countries, what's going on around the world. I'm not actually going to sit around and wait for, you know, Boris to suddenly decide, for example, this social distancing thing. Mm. The, the way we've set up the studio <laughs> now, people can see we are operating with social distancing. I am not doing un- any unnecessary mixing in social spaces. Mm. I saw, and I started at the moment I heard this. I said, I don't want to be around people. Who could, people could be carrying it. Right. Hello, and people, there's a pandemic. No, we cannot mix. Today. Exactly. And people don't seem to realise they're following the news of, oh, there's only, people always preface it with, there's only such and such amount of cases mm. in the UK. You have to weigh that against the fact that people are outright saying, and if you go to some news sources, if you talk to people, um, go to Twitter, for example, people are saying that not enough people are being tested. Mm. So these numbers are are, are unrepresentative of the likely amount of people that have it in the UK. Someone tweeted that she was on holiday in Barbados while all of this was going on. She said when they left Barbados... They tested everyone at the airport. Mm -hmm. And then when she said when she landed in the UK, no one there to test anyone. Yeah. Like, they just, just come through people. And these are the the stories that we continually hear. Yeah. And it's, to me, that is, that's just, it's wild. It's Mm. remarkable. I'm enjoying seeing the videos going viral of um, cities like Wuhan and even New York that are literally deep cleaning their streets and the subway in in, in um, New York in particular, that place, mm. if you've ever been to New York and experienced mm. that subway, I know ours ain't nothing to sing home about in terms of like hygiene, mm. but that place, you can literally see the slime just oozing off of the, <laughs> off mm. the walls. So when I was watching the video and watching them using like they were like using you know like the steamers, the big mm. giant steamers, watching all the the, the um, soapy water just rinse everything off onto the tracks. It was that was the most satisfying thing I think mm. I've ever watched. I actually felt. <sighs> mm. And then they were saying that, oh yeah, they they've decided to do this twice a day until you know if it kind of yeah. dies down. And people were saying. Why were you never doing that from before? Yeah. I'm sure they pay enough, whatever tax or whatever it is that they have in the States. But shall, shall I tell you why? Going. I think the reason why they didn't do it before is the reason, is, is one of the biggest exposures, as I was saying to Femi earlier, that the coronavirus has brought, is the exposure of capitalism, mm. is the exposure of profits before anything. Yeah. Is the exposure of... <clears throat> governments and leadership sometimes being just a fallacy, mm. being and just an air and notion. I um, Boris Johnson's response because to me, the response didn't come from a place of a concern of health, it came from a concern of how do we protect our money and how do we not spend, you know, as little money or how do we spend as little money as possible. And I think, I think that's born out of we don't have any money. Right. When we know that we do, because mm. when you find it, you find it, mm. you know. But do they? You know, they say, like, they've, they've spoken about this whole injection. I, can't, mm. I don't know. I can't remember the sum, 30 million, 30 billion, I don't know, to go into the economy mm. to help this and help that and help businesses. You know, I just think the whole idea of 
that as a tangible sum is actually a myth. Mm. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, big decisions, hard decisions do have to be made by world leaders and things need to be said to mm -hmm. pacify mm -hmm. people. But I'm sceptical about... That they have the money that they say that they have mm. to put into the pot. I feel like they do. I feel like they spend it when they want to spend it. Mm. I feel like when they've got money to go to war, this money just comes out of nowhere. Mm. Um, yeah, there's always money there. Like, for instance, you know, going back to even Grenfell, oh, there's no money to rehouse people, but yet all the time you're seeing, you know, little pockets of money or big sums of money rather being spent on things that we don't need. Oh, we've put up this, um, I don't know, maybe like a statue or mm. just certain things are like just there for the sake of being there when there are people in need mm. who actually need it and it, it can help. Mm. But it's, no, let's turn our attention because it's really nice. I can't hear you. You all right? No, I couldn't hear what you said. No, I'm just saying that they um, just turn their, turn, put the money onto something else or they, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just like a symbol of something. Yeah. That they decide they want to spend the money on. So yeah. That's just my personal thoughts on that, to be fair. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think it's it's ironic that um, the people who probably voted Boris into, into power, you know, who were so adamant that this is the man who's going to lead us, you know, in this amazing way, like this is to me this is his test this this if you don't believe if you believed before that um he was capable and then watching all of this go down i don't understand how you can still have that opinion mm mm well it'd be interesting to see won't it what mm. happens i i just think either way it's going to be interesting to see what happens beyond corona because as I said, I think this virus has exposed so many things that if people are, are, are clued up in any kind of way or have any kind of critical thinking skills, mm. they are going to want to question the society and the structures that we have. This is it. Why is it that Richard Branson, <gasps> Richard. owner of Virgin oh, Empire, so appalled is laying off well not he personally but mm. virgin, virgin atlantic are laying off staff for up to eight weeks mm. is it or eight months eight, eight weeks. weeks at this stage mm. eight weeks unpaid unpaid leave that's mad richard branson is a billionaire mm. and you know there's been a lot of talk before corona and the run-up i remember seeing it people really questioning what is the need for billionaires? Mm. How do billionaires amass their wealth? They amass their wealth via exploitation. That's, that's that on that. That's yeah. facts. There is no way that you can have someone like Jeff Bezos amassing that amount of money if somewhere in that Amazon chain people aren't being exploited and they are it's people mm -hmm. who are you don't get to a billion just just cause no you don't get to yeah. a billion with everyone on healthy sustainable uh, um uh, salaries that can sustain their families you don't get that mm. you get it by suppressing people's wages and paying them the bare minimum that you can get away with determined by perhaps legislation or the country that you're in or the culture that you're working within 
and then you get to you get to to, to cream the profits mm. of all of that sort of business, those kind of business practices. And I think that's what people now are starting to realise has gone on with with Richard Branson. So you're you're laying off people, or you're telling them to take eight weeks unpaid, but your billions in fact could pay their wages mm. could pay more than their wages more than. and it wouldn't even <coughs> it wouldn't even dense. affect you and you even after this disaster has, has um subsided you can make whatever money you, you lost you will probably make it back and it wouldn't even be a loss it yeah. might even just be the interest <laughs> probably it might even just be the interest and you know people, people have have they said why they've asked for their staff members to take eight weeks unpaid leave like what is the logic in in that no it's not logic that's exploitation yeah i i know that but i'm saying what is their logic that they're saying that this needs to happen because of whatever effect they feel like it's going to have on the on the on the business yeah because we can't afford to pay in, you in can't afford it. That's what I'm saying. Is that what they said? They can't that's, afford it. That's the only reason why. What other reason is there going to be? <laughs> that's why. Because they cannot afford. Because yeah. businesses, demand is going to go down. So the business income is going to go down. So they don't want to pay or they, they feel they're going to be unable to pay. But that, that ignores mm. the blazing red flag flying high off. <laughs> Over is that me. even like in terms of a legal stamp can they actually do that I, I don't think you're listening to me when I'm talking about capitalism <laughs> I don't understand where your head's at I'm just like, I'm just trying to think I'm like what is that girl that says you can't facing face the news she's, yeah. so, she's done so many funny skits capitalism contraceptives contraceptives this is where we're at, where you can have businesses yeah. in the private sector who can dictate that you staff, you're going to have to be off, we're not going to pay you, and still the higher-ups, well, we're going to still try and make profits for it's you outrageous. guys, for you shareholders. That's how it mm. goes. And then this, uh, Richard Branson will be the same man. When, uh, when his Necker Island was He's probably there right now. When it was damaged, yeah. remember? Yeah, and yeah. They, he was asking for public money. When is something happened to another part of that Virgin business? Mm. Asking for, was it Virgin Rail or whatever? Asking for, 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 for public money bailout. And this is, this is what I'm saying, that this virus now is exposing the sham yeah. of... Capitalism. Of capitalism, of, of, of so-called society mm. and citizenship. And we keep celebrating and applauding and, and almost aspiring mm. to people like Richard Branson. You see how many people bred him on the timeline, follow him, all these mm. business initiatives. And then it comes down to this, crunch time, and you've got people who are you know, they just want their wages. They just yeah, want that's it. To support their not families. asking for anything more, anything less. Just pay me for the work. And you won't do I'm that. I'm doing. Richard. You won't do that. In it's fact, it's fraudulent. It's so weird because when I was reading it, it read like, "Do us a favor." Sort of, do you a favor. Like this is a business transaction. I work for you, and you pay me for the work that I do. Mm. You cannot turn around and say to me to take eight pays, eight weeks, two two months. Unpaid work, mm. just cause. No, unpaid leave. It's unpaid not work. leave. Sorry, 
no, that's that's not going to happen. Sorry about that. This pandemic is happening. That's in neither one of ours control. But what is in your control is to pay me my money. I know, but you're, that's what I'm saying. You're saying it with such force, but there's nobody to back that for them. Mm-mm. That's the problem. That's where we're at. And I think post-corona, we're going to look back. And that's why I say if people have critical thinking skills or if people are going to be willing to ask difficult questions, we should, as mm. a society, then there should be more of us asking, to what purpose are, are, are billionaires? What, what are they doing? If, when push comes to shove, they can hoard their billions, and us here will just be fighting over toilet roll. Yeah. yeah. Senseless. Senseless. So I just think, you know, there, there are going to be hard times ahead. I hope people out there are staying safe. Washing your hands, wash them for 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Don't be like Ace and sneeze in my face. (laughs) Just, (laughs) just, you know, just, just take them easy, as we would say in Nigeria. But, but, you know, be, be sensible about things. Up your hygiene game. But at the same time, (laughs) when we get past these hard times, I hope we, we are reflective enough to look back and say, wow, this is really what went on. And, how did that work out for us? How did our old society and our old organisation of things work out for us? So that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on, a, on a lighter note about coronavirus, did you see the video of Idris Elba? <laughs> explain yes, that he put out, explaining to people that he has coronavirus. Please don't make me laugh. <laughs> no, you see, the thing is... I I just want to say, <laughs> Kalechi, you got to stop. <laughs> I came on the timeline, on the Twitter timeline, and I saw that she had posted the meme of um, uh, Idris Elba sort of choking over the spicy chicken wings, right? <laughs> so I just thought to myself, oh, that's funny. And then I heard the news, oh, Idris Elba's come out and said he's got corona. <laughs> and so then the thought of that meme, she didn't <laughs> write anything, she just posted that. Now I started laughing to myself, saying, she's definitely on one. <laughs> she posted something about, oh, this man's wife doing so much acting in the background. And again, I saw that tweet. I thought to myself, what is that <laughs> she about? about? What's that about? And I went to watch the video of Idris Elba talking about his... Um, being tested. Being tested, etc. Yeah. And honestly, La, genuine question. What was his wife's role in that video? <laughs> A prop. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think she was there for support. I'm not she even going to Yeah, she was there for support. But it was just weird how she was kind of just at the side there, just like... As you said, the doe eyes and the blinking and then looking down and then looking up and then looking at Idris and looking down and blinking and like... Yeah, it just, see, it's, just, it's just looks so it. like the, the, just the, the optics of it. It's not happened. Um, you um, can so always just, go back and read it. Yeah, book. I'll go yeah, back and contrast. read it. I'm sure it's always a different experience. I think that's why I was like, oh, I kind of wish, but... It is what it is. But anyway, um, Shezza hasn't watched it yet. However, mm. what um, I kind of want to talk about in regards to the show, I haven't fully watched all the episodes yet. I'm on episode six. Mm. So without giving of, all, of um, season one. No, six of how many? 
Oh, I don't know. I think there was about seven or eight um, episodes in right, total. Okay. So, yeah. So what I wanted to kind of talk about was the idea of a kind of alternate universe where, mm. you know, black people are literally on the top and white people are being oppressed by us. Because watching it, it was a hard watch for me because there were certain things in there where I just thought, I don't know if, we, if this is naturally like something that we would do. So mm. it was, I was kind of <laughs> watching it like, uh? it just didn't resonate at all in mm. that respect. Like it's a really good TV show. I do recommend you watch it. It's very good, very well acted, mm. but there was just certain aspects of it. When you're thinking about it in kind of reality terms, mm. it didn't click for me. Mm. So, um, so the premise of the book is that um, the roles in society are, we're going to say reverse, but when I use the word reversal, mm. there's a presumption within that that um, we accept as a fact that white people are the ruling class and black people are the underclass. Pretty much. Which I don't necessarily accept as a fact. Mm. But, okay, but let's take that as the starting point mm. and then they turn that on its head. Yes, yeah? pretty so much. Black people are the ruling class, white people are the underclass, mm. and that is the overarching premise yeah. of it. So what you're saying is the way in which um, the, I guess, the black classes and people are sort of behaving or, or how they are mm. in that position, you don't think it's as would be if in reality roles were reversed. Yes. Interesting. Pretty much. Oh shit. <laughs> Baby, don't come in here. Thanks. That's just that's Femi, everybody. He's come in to interrupt our show. Thank and he's bought the wrong thing as well from the vending machine, which is fine. But yeah, but as I was saying, um yeah, so certain things like you you notice there are certain microaggressions yeah. that they kind of display that you were look that I was looking at like Okay, so I'm, I'm glad they put those in because obviously they're trying to show how those little little things can actually affect you yeah. as a person when you have so to keep example, when your managing name them. Is, uh, pronounced wrong, incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you've got a traditional English name in this alternate universe, let's say your name is Rose and somebody keeps calling you Rose. Yeah. And keeps calling you Rose and you're like, no, my name is Rose. Mm. Oh, I can't be bothered. Can I just call you Bob instead? Mm. So that would be annoying. <laughs> so they were trying to obviously illustrate things like that. So and then and then you start thinking, but would we actually do that though? Yeah. No, I haven't. Do you know what? I think what I want to do before I watch it is probably read the book. Yeah. And then get an idea of it, and then come and see how it's depicted visually yeah. and see how I feel about it. Yes, even with the visuals as well. There are certain things where I thought, yeah, but I, f I felt like they could have done a bit more. I'm sure, you know, there's always going to be like critique in into, that, into that regard because it's then me using my imagination as to how I think it would be. Mm. But then another black person would think, actually, no, yeah. I think it would be like this. And then, because it's never happened. Yeah. So then yeah. you're kind of left to your own devices to think, okay, how far would it go if we mm. were actually, you know... The, the, the top it, dogs. But, so is it just literally the the um, the roles being reversed in as much as 
So if black people are the ruling class, they, in the program, are behaving in the ways that we see and say white people currently behave. Yeah. Yeah, so in, unless I mean... In every way, which is weird, because I don't know if we... reversed, that it would just be that. You, like, there has to be some context behind mm. people's behaviour. And I don't think that the context that we would have mm. in time if the roles were reversed like that would, would necessitate or would dictate or would militate us mm. acting like that. Mm. I just, I don't think that, I don't think that that's the natural course of events. Yeah. I would, I would be really interested to hear what white people think in terms of the roles being swapped, whether or not they think that they would have been I they 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 would have acted like yeah or even if they understand that is this is this what that really what they're seeing is, is what, what we, we go through yeah. yeah because there was this one woman on Twitter who was outraged like really outraged that B, the BBC picked up this story how dare they depict you know white people as the you know the underclass the people are asking <laughs> her what what exactly is the problem with that mm. oh I just I just didn't like it why didn't you like it mm. like what was the problem. Yeah. Like, because if you didn't like it, then you wouldn't, you shouldn't actually like how society is today because yeah. this has been happening since the dawn of time. Where was your outrage then? Yeah. You know, you're only outraged now that you've seen it in a TV show that comes on TV for about an hour yeah. every week. That's crazy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to watch that on YouTube and then um, we can have a proper dissection of it. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to dissect, so we'll, we'll definitely do a little, little special on that. But we'll move on to interviews with our one and only Wiley and ZZ Mills. So, <laughs> so I'm actually really glad that she got this interview. For one reason, it took us away from the whole coronavirus news you know, it was actually trending at one point, which, you know, to Wiley's credit, is quite a feat, given the fact that, you know, we're going through a global pandemic at the moment. The fact that you were trending above that for a good couple of hours actually says a lot. But um, I don't want to talk about the interview. I kind of want to talk about somebody had tweeted that they think so give that... the context of the interview, though. So, um, a young, so it's a young girl by the name of Zizi Mills who is a presenter, shall we say, who is kind of building up her platform. She's kind of known for saying, like, really controversial things. Well, things that people deem controversial, they're not really controversial for me. Um, I would say people would say that because she kind of says a lot in regards to how black women are kind of treated and kind of seen particularly in certain industries namely music mainly the grime scene mainly drill and in videos and stuff like that so she's been known to make some comments that offend quite a few people and off of the back of that I feel like she's got on her own show or she's been developing her own show called the ZZ Mill show so she's been interviewing a couple of rappers the latest one is Wiley um Wiley was like, yeah, let's do this interview. And as you know, Wiley isn't somebody who tends to show up for things. He actually showed up for this. Um, and I think certain people were kind of annoyed at the fact that Zizi was actually given this interview. So my thing is, why is it? Why? I don't know why people get so purist about Wiley 
and um, just, you know, grime artists doing certain platforms. I don't understand why he can't do that platform. This is a platform that he actually chose to do. So what's the big deal? If, yeah, um, what was the... What was the um, someone had tweeted that, she, that he thinks that Wiley shouldn't be doing this because Zizi is somebody that does interviews like this just for clout, which doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, every interview in the world is for clout. Why is this any different? Mm. And to be fair, if grime and draw acts are quite prepared to go on to do um, Amelia and her chicken shop thing, then what's the problem with ZZ? I don't get it. Mm. And what was the... So what was the response to that? I think most people were like, no, it's fine. They they didn't have a problem with it, but there were certain individuals that had a problem with it. And I just think, if you don't like ZZ, say you don't like her, I would rather you say that than rather rather than you saying... She's, you know, she's a clout-chasing interviewer. But you, as you said, I mean, what is she supposed to be chasing when <laughs> she's doing interviews? Is it not clout? But this is it. But I think, because it's Wiley as well, you know, he's the godfather of grime, you but know, yes. he you needs to be doing this, name. he needs to be doing that. So again, there's just like this kind of snobby, snobbery about it. When really and truly, Wiley's the one that wanted to do the interview. So if he wants to do it, what's the problem? That this, it is a snobbery. I think you've put the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. It's not even about purism. What's what's pure? What's pure about where Wiley does his interview? <laughs> it's snobbery, pure and simple. Mm. And I think also because she's a black woman. Mm. Because I think if she, if it were, as you pointed out, for example, someone like Amelia, who people hop, skip, and jump and go to her show, I think. I don't think that sort of... Com- I mean, I didn't see the comment myself, mm. but I feel as though I can't imagine that comment being made. I think it would have been seen as, oh, par for the course, yet yeah, everyone goes on her show. Right. Oh, yeah, so it's only right that Wiley goes on that show. <laughs> Whereas with its ZZ Mills, suddenly there's a problem. There's a problem. And I think, I think the problem is because of the way ZZ Mills is actually quite... Uh, irreverent. Mm. She it, she doesn't. So she will challenge people. Well, not challenge people, but she will ask the questions that maybe I don't know certain presenters on certain stations won't ask or not allowed to ask. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> even with that, but I think she also has this appearance of she doesn't really have that many F's to give. Mm. So there's there's that kind of um, that kind of boldness about her that some people can't deal with. Mm. I think she doesn't have to answer to anyone because it's her platform. Like, it's the ZZ Mill show. It's my show. Mm. So I can ask what I want to ask. As I said before, didn't force Wiley to come on there. He was a willing participant. Mm. So it's a big man. He's like 40, 41. Mm. Yeah, I think think there's more behind it as Mm. opposed to just, oh, why have they gone on... Why has he gone on her platform? I think it has an undercurrent of... Um, a number of things that she she shouldn't be getting above her station. Mm. She's not good enough for hit for to be interviewing uh, her him, etc. <laughs> Can we just keep it going? Yeah, sorry, because I'm ready to go. No, I agree. So Zizi, if you're listening, continue doing what you're doing. I, I feel like she's going to continue to get um, these kind of comments. I think she's been getting them for a while anyway, so I've, I feel like she's playing the game properly. Mm. Let her get her interviews, man. That's it. That is it. 
So let's move on to TV Land. Have you been mm. watching Real Housewives of I Atlanta? Huh? I have. Yeah. <laughs> so can we talk about Miss Kenya? Because that woman, I've tried. I've tried my hardest to, to, to um, feel sorry for her, but I can't. Can we I cannot. just move to Shady Corner and put her in Shady Corner and then go, you choose someone for Go ahead. Life. What do you want to say about her sh- about her in I think she's hurt and I think she hurts people, so that's my Shady Corner for you. <laughs> you just had enough. Is there anyone you want to put into the light? Portia. Why? I think she's so real. Mm-hmm. I think she's... she, And you can see the growth. You can see her... You know, we always call them characters. Mm. You can see her... I think you can see Portia's growth as a person, mm. the things that she's been through. I'm not saying she wears them, but they definitely... Like, the, the issue that she had with Phaedra and Candy, you know, the thing that she's just gone through with her partner, motherhood. Mm. You can see how all of those things take her forwards. Mm. I'm a little bit concerned, though, because obviously she's made up with Nini now. Mm. And do you remember we were saying that um, I love the friendship between her and Tanya. It's kind of taken her to where we originally kind of met her. She was quite bubbly and was like, you know, kind of life and soul of the party and was always up for, like, just having a good time. And I think Tanya's kind of brought that back out of her after the the disaster with with Phaedra. And now that she's made up with Nini, I'm hoping that she's come out of that gullible zone and and won't revert back to being easily led because I feel like Nini can have that influence on her. That's my concern. If she sticks with Tanya, she'll be all right. But if next season... I think if she sticks with herself, if she sticks with being true to herself, Mm. which is what I feel like I've noticed on her, that will... That would be a good look. So, yeah, it definitely remains to be seen. So yeah. I think she'll be my person in the life. Just stay like yours. this, Portia, because if you revert back, I'm telling you, man, oh, mm-hmm. it's going to be horrible. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, so I think that is it for us for today. No, who are you putting into the shady corner? Oh, if you don't want to put in there, just kind of Boris, he can go in there. Like, what, what you said, to, you're addressing your people, you're telling them to be prepared to lose people that you love. What kind of nonsense is that? It's the worst just get, kind of It is, it's terrible. It? just makes me know that you just don't have any People plan are panicking anyway in, when you come out and you say that. Ah. Crap. Is that leadership? Yeah, right, this is it. But this is what... The people voted for, so... Give the people what they want. <laughs> so I'm trying to... It's weird because you, I heard him say that and immediately I thought, you see, mm-hmm, serves you a lot right. But at the end of the day, it's like, whether I like it or not, that is my prime minister as well. So whatever decision he makes on behalf of this country yeah. is going to filter down to me, my loved ones and people around me. Yeah. And that's the that's the scary thing. Yeah. Even I didn't vote to put him there at all. But yeah. yet here he is, telling me to be prepared. Yep. Once again, it's that exposure. It's that exposure. That's what I'm saying. Mm, so, and who do you want to put into the light? Uh, I'm going to put into the light. Um, there was a young lady on another podcast, ESM podcast, who. Um, her name is Simone, oh, sorry, Fiona Compton. She was so, so good on their podcast. And basically, she is somebody who they vied on there to talk about, originally, to originally talk about the origins of Carnival. Yeah. I think she's from Trinidad. And she not only did she sp- speak about that, but she spoke about just the history of the Caribbean as a whole, which I found really interesting. There's so much, like, even me, 
who is Jamaican descent. I, there's so much that I didn't know. She was talking about Nanny of the Maroons and like fantastic. So if you guys get the opportunity, I would actually go and listen to her on that podcast. So mm. Fiona, I think I'd love to get her on the show. We might have to steal her one mm. day, but she was really informative. So I enjoyed that. So I'm going to put her into the light and anyone kind of like her who kind of knows about certain things to do with black culture across the diaspora because there's so much that we don't know and I just feel like we're missing out on a lot of things and there's so much history that we can learn from and unfortunately we just kind of you know just forget about the things that make us who we are today Mm. you know that inform us a lot yeah I mean we've we've created so many different cultures Mm. a lot of the time we kind of put them into one and then as much as they're all similar, they're all very different as well, and they yeah. all have their very unique stories. Yeah. So when you go back and look at what those stories are, you just get, oh, wow, I didn't know that was the reason. And actually, it shows you, as well as black people, how much we've contributed to the world. Yeah. And just, you know... What's her name? Fiona... Um, let me get this right... Fiona Compton. Let's try and get her on. Yeah, we'll definitely need to get her on. She was really good. We are out of here, guys. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Put your dirty tissues away. And we'll see you hopefully in 14 days when you're out of quarantine. (laughs) Take care. Bye.